Hey guys, um, I'm Aaron McManus, and we're about to go into part two of this Battle Ready podcast. It's quite long, so we've decided to split it into two halves. If you're catching up with us now, I'm having a conversation with my dad about how Christians really need to come together and understand what the Catholic Church has understood, what many different religions have understood, what the Jewish people and culture have understood for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, and that what now Christianity is just catching up with, that we need to buy property, we need to be owners, we need to be developers, we need to be people who have a foundation and lay it and build it for the next generation. Uh, Not just in the middle of America, not just in the suburbs of big cities, which all of wherever you are, we love that you're there, but in major cities. And for us, we're on the forefront of that fight. And there are many different fights in, in, the, in the church. And we love wherever you are fighting for people. We love that. We back it. We want to get to know you. We want to be a part of that. We want you to know that we're not judging it. We're just having a really vulnerable conversation about where we're at and how sometimes it feels maybe that uh, this feeling of loneliness and that we don't quite have the help that we need. And you know what? We're kind of reveling in our failure, sitting in it, but also um, understanding that God is doing something through it. So join us. This is part two of this podcast as we dive deeper into the Here to Stay 2019 and everything uh, about failure. Yeah, you really, you, we talk about like evaluating or reevaluating the year when you reassess and you're like, I want to start 2020 off right. I felt like I wanted to start, you know the new year's coming, you know mm-hmm. this new opportunity to start fresh is coming and you, it feels like every year you scramble to pull the pieces together to start off right, like I feel like that. Mm-hmm. And then you get into it and I remember the first week of 2020, I was like, I, I, this sucks. Like this sucks, <laughs> this is gonna suck if I let it suck, if I don't get, in, like, get, my, get yeah. focused, get my mind, body and soul right. And 2019 was hard, like I traveled the most I ever traveled, I was, had a new opportunities the most, the most new opportunities I've ever had in my life, you know, potential, like they've got a new show and, and maybe a new book potentially for me and you're writing one, um, like flying to Seattle a lot, like with our community there in Mexico city with our community there. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I was like, like all these things that I wanted and all these like cool things that I was like, this is such an exciting life. It's like hard. It's, it's hard, <laughs> hard mentally, hard mentally to, to show up and go, I got to give new things I've got to be a part and and yet there's so many relationships that give so much back Mm -hmm. but you 2019 I was like I think I I there's the most social I've ever been in my life Mm. but it was also the most um mentally hard you know isolating in moments when you're like I'm flying to LA there's nothing to fly like I'm flying back to see my family but you know you're single and you're 31 you're like what god where am I at right now like what am Mm. I what am I building for myself you know, and it's like a selfish conversation, but, 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 you know, like I was having this conversation with, with Carlos, one of our worship leaders and campus pastor in Venice. And, and I, and I was like, what, you know, do you miss home when you leave? And he's like, I'll, he, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like releasing his dirt, but he's like, I, he's like, I get emotional when I'm leaving cause I miss my family. Mm-hmm. He's like, but I don't get sad when I'm, I'm not like missing them when I come back. He's like, I'm missing them when I leave. I'm like sad. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I was like, I get sad when I come back because I get attached to where I was just at. Mm-hmm. And, and this has nothing to do with what we've been talking about, but I do, we're reassessing and reevaluating 2020 that like one of the things that I've realized is starting off strong in the new year is one of the most important things you can do, mm-hmm. focusing on your mind, body, and soul. Like how are we going to go at the new year with a new faith and a new mindset and a new look? And, mm-hmm. and, and with last year feeling like we failed, going like, was that a failure? 
did we lose or did we like did we get more close mm-hmm. the people in this room like we were talking about this like we've had our biggest Sundays you know my small campus has hit over 300 for the last three weeks in a row and we're so proud of it in our speech yeah and it's and one it's hard to get people by the beach to church yeah they're weird hippies who who do tech and make a lot of money and look at crystals and, and charge their crystals <laughs> in the moonlight you know so depending on the week it, it does we don't know what it's gonna look like but I felt like a failure so many times. You've helped me see the, the little wins. Mm-hmm. What are like some wins that you felt like you saw in the midst of failing last year? Yeah. Well, I wanted Which to like- I don't think you failed. You Your know, failure But I do want to attach the other thing where um, I didn't really factor in that all the emotional energy I was spending on that endeavor and feeling um, the inadequacy and the frustration and it actually, it just sucked all the energy out of me. And then I'm supposed to write a book. And I just, I mean, for 10 months, I didn't write a word. I just stared off into space. And it wasn't really- You didn't stare off into space, I would say that. You didn't stare off into space. You were working. That's what I mean. Really hard. Yeah, yeah, no. You know, like yeah. you, you need, I, I'm just, I'm gonna say this. Yeah. Cause I, like, I've watched your process for, yeah. you know, 10 books now. Yeah. And, you weren't staring into space. You had no time to stare into space. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, I think internally you were like, you were like, I, I know you because you have the mode that, that is like, I'm writing my book yeah. and I can tell when you're doing it. Yeah. But I would see you try to get, like you'd be like, I'm gonna write my book today. And then I'd call you and you'd be like, I've been on the phone for four hours, like raising money, calling people. Yeah, it's really hard to, um, to grow a garden in the middle of a wildfire. <laughs> Do you, like you know, it's, it's hard to, it's, do you feel like it's hard to, cre- I love that analogy, yeah. to, to, to grow a garden when you're in the middle of wildfire. Do you feel like it's hard to create when you're building? Yeah, I think a lot of times when you're building and managing, it's very hard to take time to imagine and create. And I, 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 whatever the case was for me, I just didn't have a lot of um, inner space mm. to create the book that yeah. I wanted to create. Yeah. and. Uh, so coming into 2020, I look back and I realize I left things undone. Hmm. That's the way I felt. That's the way I felt. What and were those things? Well, one was the book. The book, yeah. yeah. It, it, you know, I just yeah. felt like I left it undone. And in the middle of that, I, I, I got unhealthy. I gained weight. I, um, you look good. You know, I, 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 you know, I, but I, just, I know we have internal goals. Like, I felt the same way. Yeah. Whatever the standards are of others is almost like irrelevant. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's like my own internal standards. I did not live up to them. Yeah. And I felt beneath them. Yeah. And, and so now it's more of, um, it's catch up. Oh, this is, this is why it's so interesting. Catch up the sauce or catch, catching up the... Uh, catching, up. It, catching up. Catching up, yeah. Because if you feel like you are still like um, where you're supposed to be, hmm. all the work now is moving forward. Hmm. And so a part of the psychological, like, um, struggle is, oh, I gotta use all this energy just to get back to zero. Yeah, so you feel like you're in the deficit. That's the what I feel. I feel like I'm in a deficit, fighting my way back to zero, and I'm going, this is frustrating. I gotta work really hard to get to nothing. Yeah. That, and this, <laughs> so I can begin yeah. to build from there. And we were talking about this, like, you were implementing this in our church right now, but mm-hmm. you were, we, we've been, you are, you get on me, we've talked about this in past podcasts, like if you have to get your mind right, your body right, and your soul right, yeah. you know, and we're kind of implementing that on like a Bible study level, 
in our whole church, like with all of the men. That's so good. That it, oh. and, and so it's stuff that you've said, and, mm -hmm. and like you have to focus on your mind. You have to focus on your body. You have to focus on your soul. You have to do that in order to be the healthiest version of yourself yeah. to help other people. So maybe uh, we don't so wait, really... No. Go, ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I want you to answer my question. Okay. What are some things that you feel like you learned in the midst of the failures last year? Um, well, one of the things that... Uh, don't change the subject. Tell me what you learned. No, no. I'm, uh, one of the things that your mom... Nope. I want to... to me, listen I to want me. to... List nope. them out. I, I started sharing with her how frustrated I was and how yeah. out of shape I was and how unhealthy I was. And she said, I just want you to know this is what you do every time you're unhappy with the choices you've made. This is the way you set the standard of how you're going to change everything. She goes, so the moment you start saying it, I know you're already changing. Hmm. And one of the things that, that helped me realize is that I have to, without like over-spiritualizing it, I have to declare what I'm going to change. Hmm. I have to say it out loud. Hmm. And, and one of the things I know about myself is that... Um, you say over-spiritualizing things because we are very spiritual people. Yes. Like our internal language and the language that we use with each other isn't like Christian language, yeah. but it's very... Like we believe everything is spiritual. Yeah, that's right. We yeah. do. Yeah. And, and I know for me, one of the things I, I have learned, one is... Um, well, I'm still, I'll be honest with you, I'm still trying to process everything I'm learning through it, yeah. you, you know. Um, but it didn't kill me. <laughs> and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you do learn that you can take more than you thought. Hmm. You, can, you can take the blunt force trauma of failure and disappointment and it won't uh, stop you from moving forward. Yeah. You know. Um, I also know that you have to have times you just step back and take a deep breath hmm. and allow yourself to be disappointed or allow yourself to, to feel tired and go, okay, this is just part of being human and I, and I got to get myself to back together. Yeah. And so I, I, I look at it and go, okay, um, the steps I started taking right away to recalibrate my life was um, one, not feeling discouraged by the failure, but like celebrating that we took a great risk. Hmm. You know, yeah, and um, and we've raised more money than we've ever raised. Yeah, and all that money will go is going into creating equity and building building more in the church and yeah. and, and, and it's and helping it's people come to know Jesus. Helping people come to know Jesus, <laughs> yeah. which which is ironically like what we've been really good at, what you've been really yeah. good at. It's like the legacy of our church, if anything, is how many people have come to Jesus at Mosaic, yeah. how creative the church has been, and how many people have been baptized. Mm -hmm. You've created a new language within the church. You've created a new way for people to meet Jesus, which is like the most beautiful thing. But also how to like, you've openly discussed your failures. And I think that's one of the most like humbling or hum humble and also strong things that anyone does. Like we, we, were, we were shooting this new show with Hillsong and the Hillsong channel and it's awesome because we always say we're like the rogue brother or family member of the Hillsong crew because <laughs> we're not Pentecostal but we don't you know we're but we just we're just mystical and, and spiritual and we love them and and it was cool to get asked to do a show and we were like talking about doing this produced show we, and we we shot we were kind of like workshopping it trying to figure out what it's going to feel like what it's going to do and me and you kept saying like this is the least interesting stuff that when the lights are on the cameras are on and everything's fading in and fading out and I had an earpiece in my mouth or my my, my ear and and it felt like 
it, we had makeup on, we had the hair, and then you know our best stuff comes on when we're in the car, in our sweats, and just walking around the city, and like mm -hmm. we're talking about how it's so important for us to have these raw conversations and to like really break down life in a real way. Like we're sitting in some random room. We asked the hotel we were staying in if we could pop into and record. Ironically, they had a podcast room at the hotel. <laughs> we're not, using we're not actually equipment. using any of the equipment. <laughs> and so and we're just sitting here having a conversation because I think we know that if anything that we could do is put our lives a little bit on display. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of that has been like, you feel like your failure should be a, like an art gallery. <laughs> that people can walk in and, and, and touch and feel and see because you, you don't want to just be stronger. You've let other people in to be stronger. You had a conversation with a pastor who was like, you guys already raised the money, right? Like mm -hmm. before we launched the campaign, they're like, this is like just a show. Like you've already have it. Like, and he was like. It was actually several who. But like large yeah. pastors who were friends. We're not throwing them under the bus. No. But it's funny. It's a funny conversation. Yeah. Yeah, they assumed that when I went public and said we're going to raise twenty million, that I'd already raised you know half or you know, yeah. and that's the way development companies tell you to do it. Yeah, you raise all the money privately, and then you go public and you leave the last ten percent for the church. So you have this great success together. Yeah. And I'm like, no, we didn't do that. We started with zero percent, and so when I said we have nothing and we're going to try to do this, it was the truth. We just yeah. went at it and. Um, and I, and I, I, I didn't know, in fact, I, was, I joke about it, say I didn't know that's what you're supposed to do it, so it only looks like it's a faith endeavor, a faith act. <laughs> a faith act. It's not, it's, it's no, and, and, and there's no Nothing like, wrong with str being strategic, but. No, there's nothing wrong with being strategic. No, no it's like, if, you, if we could have done it that way. I would have loved to. We I would have done it. I, I wish I had raised the 20 million and said, hey, you guys just need to raise the, yeah. the, the whatever, the yeah. <laughs> sales tax. Yeah, you guys like can that. pay for the, you can pay for the pretty things, or yeah. I, I don't know, like. But I, d I do know that, 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 um, that what, whatever happens is, is, is what, not just what God wanted, but also like where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I, that seems like such a washy statement and I could say it better. I do feel like where we're at is where we need to be. Mm -hmm. And though I'd want to own that building, it would be awesome to own that building. Mm -hmm. I do think we... Okay, time out. So I'm about to say a few statements right now that seem arrogant. And I got caught up in the moment. It just happened. I got caught up in the moment and I said some things. Two statements specifically. I kind of throw some shade on Bible museums and bad Christian movies. I stand by my statements, that's the thing, but I want to give some context. We're friends with some of these people who make some of these movies and we love them. Do we think they're the best movies? No. But do we think that they can get better? Yes. Do, I kind of sound a little bit like I'm complaining that they're spending money on doing other projects and I wish they were giving to Mosaic. Here's the deal about that. I wish that everyone gave to Mosaic. If you are watching this, you can give to Mosaic because Mosaic is the thing that I care about the most in life other than my relationship with Jesus and my family. And so, with that said, the second statement I make is that I say that I am the creative director for the whole church. The, all the churches, the big church. They say capital C, I think that's cheesy. Um, this is what I mean by that. And I tell this to our teams, that I want us to be the creative director for the church. And I'm coming off of a moment where I had a meeting with our team and they were showing me uh, basically a church in the Midwest who we actually do love and we know. Uh, they pretty much copied our stage design and I'm sure we got inspiration from someone else. Well, I know exactly who got inspiration from because I helped design it. But here's the deal. My thing is this. 
It doesn't mean they need to give just because they stole an idea from us or borrowed an idea from us or inspired by us, but I would rather them hire us to do it than just do it and then us see it and never a conversation have been had. Uh, I want to open that conversation up more in the future, but right now we're in a timeout. So I'm not the creative director for the whole church. It was just a moment, but I think Mosaic really is. I think we are. I think we inspire a lot of people. And if you're a creative and you're listening to this and I offend you, good. You need to get a little offended. You should also come to our conference. Bye. I do think we have this conversation of like Christians around the world rallying together to produce another awful Jesus series. I'm sorry. Or like bad Christian movies that make people feel more comfortable. But and willing to pour millions and millions and millions of dollars into like Bible museums and into ridiculous stuff in the name of Jesus, but not actually helping um, churches actually plant their flag and build a foundation for the future. I, I, we, you've always taught me that we don't take handouts. Mm-hmm. You know, you've always built the church from the inside and you funded it as your mission, as your, something that you've been a part of. I've been the one who's like, let other people help you. <laughs> You know, but it does like pose this this kind of controversial question of like, what do we care about as a larger church? Mm-hmm. I know that I can tell you, I can list you the top churches in the world with the largest churches, the highest budgets, who rip us off every week, rip your messages off as content, rip our my creative direction off, our beautiful like creative teams designs off and videos. There was there was I know I know a large church in the Midwest whose conference. Uh, they sold out, they bought an arena this last year, they, 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 they sold out their conference, and their stage design was a copy and paste of ours. They didn't give it to our church, though. <laughs> you know, and so it's, it's an interesting thing where people take from us what they want, but they don't deposit what we need. And, and there is this, like, weird, weird, I get frustrated with that. I want to be the creative director, I, I claim to be the creative director for the whole church. <laughs> I'm the creative director for the whole church because I know that whenever, whenever I do something and I put my name on it, we put our name on it, the entire church is going to look at it and steal it. And it might be arrogant and cocky, but I'm like, I'm, that's, that's where I'm going to be. You want to steal my stuff? All right, I'm going to own it. <laughs> I'm going to claim it. But I have seen people, and we laugh, we're like, we have so many extra campuses in the world because they just project your messages. <laughs> you see yourself being advertised to speak in churches that you've never, it's they're broken. just playing your message. Yeah, but I think we want to remember that a part of our goal was always to be like a virus that influences the church all over the world. Totally. And so it's like, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I, like, I know I'm going on a tangent <laughs> and a rampage, but, but how do we call the church to do more? Like, like you know, you think of like Hillsong, New York City, or like, or even like C3 Brooklyn, that's now New York City, or, you know, Vu Church in Miami, or like these churches, they're like, it's hard for them to buy buildings. You know yeah. what I mean? I, yeah, I, I feel like... And they're vibrant and young and reaching people for Jesus. Yeah, I do think that uh, forgetting Mosaic, yeah. um, there needs to be people of faith who have millions and billions of billions, dollars. Billionaires, and they're out there. Who are buying f- church buildings for VU and buying uh, properties for Saints Church or buying properties for these emerging churches all over the world that are reaching the next generation. Yeah that are doing it without funding because the funding is going to things that yeah. are holding on to the past rather than creating the future. Absolutely. And I, I've always felt that um, 
when I'm young and when I was young and now that I'm older, I'm like, that's still what the church should be doing. The bulk of Christian money should be going to advancing the mission of the local church yes. and uh, reaching the world for Jesus. And it's interesting, and you've taught, you've taught me this, we talk about mm -hmm. it, but, and we have lots of Jewish friends. We have mm -hmm. lots of Korean friends we have who are two incredibly strong cultures mm -hmm. who have, and we have lots of J Japanese friends mm -hmm. who know that the value, I mean, even right now, Kanye West talking like with black culture being, you need to invest in property, in, in building wealth by owning buildings and buying land. And, and, and then there's the whole region of Christians who are like, well, no, God's coming back, so don't buy anything. And it's like, no, well, you still buy food and coffee, so we're gonna mm -hmm. buy some buildings. But like, there is a, is a movement that needs to happen with wealthy Christians who have learned from the Jewish people and learn from the Koreans and you, and you know what I mean? And, and learn from the Japanese and the Chinese and going, we need to develop a culture of owning buildings in major cities. Yeah, they need Not to be going to New York and Seattle and yes, LA and San Francisco. And, and Shanghai and yeah. Tokyo yeah. And, and Kuala Lumpur and Mexico City and going, we're the billionaires. Like there's, there's, we go to these cities and there's all these empty theaters. Yeah. You know, like how many churches do we know rent nightclubs? How many churches do we know that rent theaters that is, are literally used for nothing? Yeah. And what's crazy to me is you travel to places like London and you see former church buildings that are now malls and restaurants. And nightclubs. And nightclubs. And really it should be the other way around. We should be buying the malls and the restaurants and the nightclubs and turning them into churches. <laughs> it, 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 no, absolutely. And it's, we talk about it because churches are more willing to sell the building and distribute the money among the, the church members than a, like a dying church, yeah. than give the, than help the next generation get into their church. It drives me crazy. I used to work with uh, thousands of churches across America and I kept seeing all these older congregations with average age of the church between 60 to 80 years old, yeah. 20, 30 people in a multi-million dollar facility and they would rather close their doors and have the property sold to a, um, a business than to turn that church over to a young emerging yeah. church. Do you think it has to, we've talked about this early on in our mm -hmm. podcast series, I think like one of the first five episodes, like the Catholic church, the Mormon church, Scientology are more organized than us. Like the greater church, right? Mm -hmm. we, and it's just a beautiful thing because even in, you know biblically, like there's different tribes and there's tons mm -hmm. of tribes. And what was cool about Israel is how the tribes had a special place in God's eyes. Yeah. They had special purposes inside of the the body of, mm -hmm. of Israel and Judah. And and for us now, like the modern church, there's so many roles. You have the Pentecostals, you have the Presbyterians, you have the Methodists, the Lutherans, the non-denominational denominational people. <laughs> like you have so many different sects of Christianity. Can, how do you, you unify them with like a unified mission? Is it possible? Is it necessary? Is it unnecessary? Yeah, I don't know if it's possible. And I don't even know if it's necessary. I just think that um, wherever, whatever kind of expression of faith that you have, whether it's Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian or Pentecostal or Assembly, the more important thing is we have to find a way to turn the resources of the church from holding on to the past to creating the future. Yes. And that's what needs to happen. Yes. We need to be more committed to the future and we need to be more committed to people who do not know Jesus than we are committed to creating more comfort for people who already believe in Jesus. Mm. And, um, and then we have to somehow 
shift from using the bulk of Christianity's resources in America to build more massive um, facilities in the suburbs to actually begin to funnel some resources to reach the cities that have the greatest impact on culture in the world. How incredible would it be if, it, I mean, you look at it and you're like, if you had one billionaire, you could change modern church culture in Miami, New York, LA, Chicago, Seattle. Yep. Like if you had one guy that was like, I'm gonna invest $100 million and buy five churches buildings, and I'm gonna lease them to them at a reduced rate mm -hmm. and run them as businesses. Like we, the same way that the church, the church needs business people to step mm -hmm. up and step into it, not just with their resources, but with their minds. Yeah. There are just business guys who can sell and <laughs> buy and we, you know, and, and negotiate. And, and some of our best negotiators for Mosaic were Jewish guys who don't even believe in Jesus, mm -hmm. but believed that they knew that when they come to church, they felt better and that they, were, they loved being your friends. <laughs> and like Michael, and I, like, I love those stories, you know? Yeah, I think about how Steve Ballmer came about the Clippers. Uh, I think the estimated value was probably 500, 500 million. 500 million, yeah. And he bought it for 2.2 billion. Right. And here's a person worth whatever, $24 billion, okay. yeah. takes Brand over Microsoft. this team, yeah. changes the culture, and and it's it's a beautiful thing, you know. And I love you know basketball, and I love the Clippers, but I just believe that within the movement of Jesus, there are people with that kind of wealth. Yeah, they need to go. We need to invest in where life is happening. Yes, and and nurture that. Um, you can't create movement with money but you can no. fuel movement no. with money. Yes. And so if you take a dead church and put a million dollars in, you're just gonna have a dead church. <laughs> yeah, we. <laughs> <laughs> but, but if you take a young, vibrant place like VU or, or, um, or C3 or whatever it may yeah, be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, or Mosaic, yeah, and, yeah. and you pour resources. Once a person, once you see something that's resourceful, you should put resources into it. Yeah, but without resourcefulness, resources don't make a difference. Yeah, we talk. We have, we, we have, we know so many organizations that will mm -hmm. fund you if you'll put their name on what you do. Yeah, you know, and and we've always kind of. There, I think there's a misconception of Mosaic that Mosaic has a gigantic brand, and our influence is, is large, but our resourcing is small because we actually reach young people who don't have a lot. Yeah. And they're in that, they're in that, they're, like LA is a college town. It's, <laughs> it's, it's young kids who move at like 14, yeah. and they're there to like 25, mm -hmm. and they're like working in film or working in TV, but they're not all successful. They're like, yeah. most of them are hustling. Just now has there like been tech and big industry like move into Los Angeles, it's like diversifying mm -hmm. the way that LA is structured. Like my Venice, 300 people, the 150 people who give, give way more than, than the night service at Hollywood because yeah, so they have full-time jobs with benefits and they can pay for their apartment and their family to live in Venice and Santa Monica. But like, how do we, how do we inspire it? How do we call people out? How do we, how do we, I think there's billionaires out there that don't know that there's that need. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That there's a role for them. Or there's also like the stigma with wealthy people who want high control. You have Balmer who comes in and, and changes the culture. What's the new slogan? It's it's um it's it's not about one person. It's about not limelight. Uh, street lights, not limelight. 
Um, we not me. We not me. Yeah. This whole like idea that like, and it's and it's the antithesis of the yeah. Lakers show of the yeah. Lakers of of it's this show. It's it's like no, we're putting it on our, our city on our back and we're gonna grind for a championship. Yeah. Like, I, I I think we talked about this. That there's so many organizations that will give us money if we put their name on us. There are so many organizations that that help f- that will throw grants at some of our younger campuses just to say like, hey, well, let me, can we add you to our numbers to show our denomination that we're actually like growing? Hey, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with anything. <laughs> I tell them like, I am not a, I'm not a foot, I'm not a football player. I don't play for, I don't get sponsored by one team. I'm a NASCAR driver. <laughs> I will put all your logos on our back. And as long as the front says mosaic on it, but you know, there are good people out there doing really good things. Yeah, I just think really, I, I, there's two things we're really talking about here. Um, I keep bouncing around, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all right. I, and no, I think one of them is a, a big picture of we've got to somehow help influence the church as a whole to be more strategic in how we engage the culture in, yeah. the, in cities in the world. But the other thing, too, is just the more personal thing of um, when you face failure and disappointment and you don't see the things happen that you wanted to see happen, um, you need to realize that you can get up from that, hmm. keep moving forward. And, and, and here, here's the, like, the amazing thing. We, we've never, in 30 years I've been in LA, been a church with wealth. No. That's made us so creative and resourceful. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I've never had a mindset, and this is one of the reasons it's so hard for me to raise money, when people of wealth would say to me, so you're saying if I don't get this money, you can't do what you um, envision to do? And I would say, no, our, you know, what God's called to do is not, is not dependent on, on you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, because I don't believe that, um, that anything can stop us from fulfilling God's intention and purpose. Hmm. Um, so there's a sense where I go, you get, you get the privilege of partnering together to do something important in the world. Mm. But, um, but I look at Mosaic and I go, we've become who we are because we didn't have the money, we didn't have the resources. Mm. Um, we learned how to innovate and how to create. We learned how to, we learned hustle. Yeah. I, I, you know, yeah. and, and that's, and I look at that in my own personal life is like a go, uh, the way you write a book is you just grind. You just get in there and you just write one word yeah. at a time, one sentence at a time, one paragraph at a time, one page at a time. You just get in there and you just work. And a lot of times people want to make creativity and genius and 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 you know whatever you know um, artistry. They want to make it almost like magical, and but all that magic happens in the context of hard work. Yeah, I mean, you write your books really quickly. But, you, I do. but also there's a gestation period. Yeah. Like you were writing your books years before you ever put anything down on paper. In yeah. your mind, yeah. you've thought about it for thousands of hours or hundreds of hours. Yeah. But I know that when you're putting it down on paper, you lock yourself in a room and I don't, I'm not going to hear from you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to hear from you in the middle of the night when you're like, hey, I'm watching ESPN now. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm hanging out with your, with your mom. We're grabbing food real quick. Yeah. You, you, you're someone who's like, you know, you're visionary. You have that magic about you. You have that genius level about you, but you grind it out. Like, it's, it's I'm like when, when people ask you why you don't use notes, it's like, cause you spent three decades like grinding and working and reading everything you could put your hands on. Yeah. And yeah, it's because the thoughts that I'm communicating are not on the surface of my brain. They're deep inside of 
the your, essence of who I am as a person. They're deep in your mind. Yeah. They've been planted decades ago that have grown and now they're bearing fruit. And I think you, you know, we were talking about like learning new things early in life, late in life. And you have been the biggest advocate of like, you need to constantly be innovative and how you're innovative is by constantly learning and, mm -hmm. and receiving. And as humans, we shut so much out because we're unwilling to change our beliefs or, or change our minds or let people take a shot at it. And you've been that, that person, but I don't know. I don't know how to wrap this up. Um, we've been talking kind of around a few different topics of disappointment, of failure, of people in the church need to step up. Not our church, I feel like our church has stepped up. I'm grateful. Uh, I love Mosaic and- And it was crazy. The moment you announced that we didn't get the building, our giving went up. It is so true. It's almost as if It was people, weird. You know, everybody just said, hey, we're with you. You're not doing this alone. Yeah. And I, I'm just so proud of our community. And um, I, I, I'm just so grateful for the people we have. For and sure. I, and I think 2020 is going to just be epic. It's going to be the year. best year of our life. I'm so excited. Yeah. So We're going into, sorry, go. No. No, we're going into like recording the new MSC record uh, when, when we get back from this trip. That's going to be awesome. We're in Stockholm. We're going to... Amsterdam. I think I'm taking a train to then Brussels. you're going to Brussels, Belgium. Brussels. And then, then we go to Copenhagen to see Thomas. And then we go to London. To London to see Gary. Gary and our friends out there. Jeez. It's not a bad trip. Not a bad trip. And then we go back to LA and we get to keep ushering in 2020 and see God yeah. do amazing things. Yeah, super cool. I'm excited. Hey, and we're also uh, finally back to battle ready. Back to battle ready. I think we've filmed two episodes this trip. Maybe and three. We're going to keep going. Keep city going. by city. Hopefully. Yeah, we'll be good. Yeah, I love doing this together. I love doing this together, man. It's All so right. fun. <laughs> love you. Love you too. All right.